past week, we uh, taught a message uh, regarding focus, follow-through, and finishing, having to do with your focus. Your focus, of course, needs to be on God's will and God's plan and God's purpose for your life. And if you have a clear focus based on the revelation of God's will or God's plan or God's purpose then you're able to then follow through and also finish. You're able to fulfill the will of God for your life. Well, this morning we want to talk about how to know God's will or God's plan, how to know what the will of God is for your life. And so we're going to study beginning today in Jeremiah chapter 29, and we'll begin with verse 11. Verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Again, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. And he said that those thoughts are thoughts of peace, and they're not of evil. In our world, in the world that we live in, there's a lot of evil. There's evil because of sin that came into the world by man's disobedience, Adam's disobedience, and on down generation after generation. And as a result, we have all kinds of evil in the world. Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, he said, pray that God would deliver you from evil, deliver us from evil. The Apostle Paul said, you pray that God would deliver me from evil and wicked men. So evil is in the world and sometimes, many times, instigated by persons, people, men. And so, knowing that there's evil in the world and there's evil present with us, we do have a devil in the world, there is darkness in the world, there's demonic influence in the world, and yet God is present. Hallelujah. And we've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And understanding uh, that God wants us to be free from evil, and certainly God's not thinking about evil in our life. Uh, He said, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Not any negative thing is he thinking about your life. He's thinking positive thoughts. He's thinking thoughts of success, thoughts of freedom, thoughts of Uh, deliverance, thoughts of strength and healing and thoughts of peace and thoughts of uh, restoration and wholeness and soundness in your spirit, your soul, your body, your family. He was thinking thoughts of prosperity and thoughts of goodness and how he can show his goodness to your life. It's the goodness of God that has drawn us to repentance, isn't it? According to Scripture. And so, God is a good God. Understanding that God is good and every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness. God is a good God. Good things come from God. Good gifts come from God. And if God is good, he's thinking about good things. The psalmist said it this way. He said, the Lord has been mindful of us. In other words, he is thinking about us, and his thoughts are full of good things. Because he's good. 
And he wants to do good things in our life. He wants us to experience his goodness. Again, the goodness of God has led us to repentance, caused us to come to him, drawn us to him because we recognize his goodness, his mercy, his grace. And so here in this verse, he said, God is thinking about us. He's having thoughts about us and their thoughts of peace and not of evil or their good thoughts, their thoughts to bring you peace in your life. And so if God is thinking good thoughts because he's good, (laughs) and every good and perfect gift comes from him, uh, then we need to have his thoughts. We need to think his thoughts. Isaiah, the prophet, said it this way. He said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But he didn't say you couldn't have his thoughts. He didn't say you couldn't know his ways. No, he showed his acts to the children of Israel, and he revealed his ways to Moses. And Moses had a personal uh, confrontation with God, a personal uh, relationship with God, and God revealed his ways to him. So you can know God's ways, and you can know his thoughts. You can know what his will is for your life, and it's his desire for you to know the will of God, know the plan of God, have an understanding of his goodness, and anything he's got planned for you is good. (laughs) Oral Roberts used to say it this way. I was a kid. My mother was a supporter of Oral Roberts and uh, believed in the power of healing and believed in the uh, power of the gospel. And so uh, he said it this way. He said, something good is going to happen to you today. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, some people didn't receive it, but some people did. You know, some people don't believe God's word and God is good God. And some people don't believe that good things come from God, but he does and he is. And so God is good, and something good is going to happen to you today. Look at the latter part of this verse. Let's read it again. It says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace, thoughts that are not of evil, to do what? Give you an expected end. The margin of my Bible says, give you an expectation. Hallelujah. In other words, if you just get a glimpse or just get a little bit of God's thoughts, you're going to have some high expectation. Because God is good and understanding his goodness, it it just causes you to have good expectation that something good is going to happen to you today. Something good. You know, the scripture says, is in 1 Corinthians, it says that this way, it says that God has prepared Things for those that love him. God has prepared some good things for those that love him. It is the goodness of God that you woke up this morning. It's the goodness of God that you could walk this morning. It is the goodness of God that you have health today. It is the goodness of God that you're blessed to eat today. It's the goodness of God that you're able to drive your car to church today. It's the goodness of God that you're able to do these things. It's the goodness of God that you can see. It's the goodness of God that you can feel, that you can taste. It's the goodness of God that you can function in life. It's the goodness of God. It's His mercies. That are new every morning, every day that you arise, the goodness of God is there. Amazing goodness, isn't it? And so his goodness, I think, should overwhelm us at times. That just how good God is, that he's shown his goodness, his mercy toward us. And so he says that 
Uh, you should have some then, some expectation, because God's thoughts are expecting something good. In other words, God has some good plans for you. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Version. The Amplified Bible says it this way. I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. <laughs> I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. In other words, his thoughts involve a plan, a strategy. He knows the details of your future. He knows every minute detail. He's mindful of you. He's thinking about you. His mind is full of ideas about your future. And amazingly, he can think of all of us at one time because he's God and you're not. Now, the human brain is amazing. How many thoughts you can have? How many have had a few thoughts this morning? Sure, we amazing. Your brain can think all kinds of thoughts, and you can uh, you can uh, think thousands of thoughts, millions of thoughts. But think about God. Now He's God, and He can think of all of us at once, and He knows who said, "Good morning, Lord." He knows who said, praise you, Father. He knows uh, the individual that recognize and acknowledge God in their life today. He, he knows it. He recognizes it, right? And he recognizes when someone has expectation because God is a planner. He's a strategist. He knows what your future holds. And he knows that he has some good things planned for those that love him. And so God's got good things planned for you today. He's got good things planned for your future. He's got good things planned for your life. And it involves you and your personal life and your family, your future. But it involves how you can be a blessing to others always. God is not just thinking about you. Although you're so valuable, he is thinking about you. But he's thinking about how you can be an impact and be a blessing to somebody else. You can influence someone else for good because there's evil in the world and we need some good in the world. And God is good and he wants to show his goodness, his grace, his favor toward humanity. And so therefore he needs you to be an instrument or a channel for his blessing and his grace and his goodness to flow through. Are you with me? So here in this verse, he says, you ought to have some expectation. You ought to have your expectation upon God. Now, if your expectation is on God, you're not going to come up disappointed. Thank you for somebody that believes what I just said. I said, if your expectation is on God, you're not going to come up disappointed because God is a performer. He said, there shall be a performance of those things that were told you from the Lord. In other words, God doesn't just entice you or just uh, say, hey, come on. That's what the devil does. He tries to entice you to oh, the lust of the flesh and the things of this world, and then he disappoints you. He may fulfill you a little bit. There's a little pleasure in sin for a season, but then he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. But God, when he leads you and guides you and directs you and shows you his plan, his uh, destiny for your life, and shows you a piece of that plan or a piece of the puzzle, if you will, or part of that plan and how it fits into the whole plan of God for your life, I'll tell you, he's not just enticing you to do you evil. He's enticing you to say, I want to show you something wonderful, something amazing. You can experience life on a better plane. You can experience life in the goodness of God every day of your life. Somebody say, God is good. God is good. <laughs> he is good. 
And so his goodness, everybody say his goodness, goodness. should be uh, on our minds. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But we can have his thoughts. We can know his ways. And we can agree with God regarding what is in our future. Now, you don't know everything, but you can know something. You don't know everything about your future, but you can know something about your future. Let me give you a scripture in Ephesians 3 and verse 20. It says that God is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you what ask or even think. Wow, that's amazing. God, I mean, I'm sure some of you have had some big thoughts. But do you believe that God is the fulfiller of your thoughts or your dreams or your, your vision or the things that he's put in your heart? Do you believe that he's a fulfiller? Of course he is, but we have to believe it, don't we? But God said he can do exceeding abundant above all that we even ask or think. So let's go to the next verse. Verse uh, 12 says, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and, go and pray unto me. Or you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken to you. Wow, it's amazing that we have a God that actually hears us. I mean, there's a lot of people that pray, but their God doesn't hear them. I mean, whom they have assigned to be their God or their belief system. Uh, has no power to hear them. Some of those are personalities or persons that have lived and have died, but they have no power to hear them. Some of those are just created religions that have uh, not are necessarily assigned to a person, but uh, they just believe something, believe in something. And people want, need to believe in something bigger than themselves. But God is a one true and living God. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God not only hears, but He listens and responds to us. What does it say in Jeremiah 33 and verse 3? It says, Call unto me and I will answer you and what? Show you great and mighty things. In other words, God doesn't just hear a prayer. He answers and He shows us or demonstrates His word to us. He is a fulfiller of his promise. There shall be a performance of those things that were told you from the Lord. So whatever God shows you when you call unto him, whatever he shows you when you pray and ask of him, God is also a performer. He's a performer. All right, for example, if you buy a ticket to a show, I mean, there are some decent shows in Las Vegas, some not so. There are some fairly decent shows in Vegas. And so if you buy a ticket and some of those are $100, $150, I mean, you know, it's quite a production. And so you got to get in uh, and uh, you purchase a ticket. Now, how many, if you did that, if you spent your good money that you worked for and you got a seat, and maybe you got a good seat, and then the performer didn't show up, how many would be disappointed? You spent money for a show. It's a special night. You're trying to do something special. Here, the performer doesn't even show up. How many are glad God actually shows up? And I can assure you, if you'll show up in faith, God will show up in power. 
if you'll show up in believing and expectation that God is the performer and, and, and there's something about a show or whatever that uh, you're supposed to anticipate it. So they'll try to do some other things. They'll try to give you some anticipation, build up for a letdown. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so... But here, God, he doesn't build you up and then let you down. No, he shows up. He's a performer, and there shall be a performance. In other words, God doesn't just talk. He does. I mean, glad that God doesn't just talk and tell you what he's going to do. He actually does it. He always comes through. There's a follow-through with God for sure. Amen? So he says, call upon me. I'll hearken. I'll listen. Verse 13 says, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. In other words, you are giving your heart to God. You're not holding back any part from the Father. You're saying, God, I belong to you, and I'm seeking you, and I desire you. I'm seeking after you. You shall seek, and you shall what? Find me. I'm really glad that God didn't say, seek, and you shall not find Knock and it shall not be open to you. Ask and it will not be given to you. No, he didn't say that. He said, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Ask and it shall be given unto you. That's God's attitude. If God says it, then he means it. If you ask, he's going to give it to you. He's going to do it. He's going to do what he's promised to do. God is good. So he said, you're going to find me if you seek me. How? With all your heart. That's a little key right there. And actually, we could say that's a big key to your life and the success of your relationship with God, that you have a heart that seeks after him. Early will I seek you, the scripture says. Early will I seek you. In other words, you get up and you say, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to see you as a priority today, and I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. I'm going to search for you with all of my heart. My mother used to say, don't be half-hearted. What does that mean? That means that you give it all. I'm glad she said that. I learned from it. I learned to give it all to Jesus. Well, we're all still learning, right? Because there's maybe some things that come up that you didn't plan for, and then you got to give it all to Jesus again, right? you gotta, you got to fully trust Him and tr- truly give your heart, your soul, your mind, your affections to God and say, God, I'm going to serve you with all that I am, everything that I have. I'm going to give it all to you. All right, so here He says, you seek me, you're going to find me. If you search for me with all of your heart. Well, when you find God or you uh, search for him and he's going to talk to you and reveal himself to you, he's going to show you his plan because he said, I know the thoughts. In other words, prayer is a key for you finding out what God's thoughts are for you. What God's plan is for you, if you'll seek him with your heart, that's a key, isn't it? If you'll seek him with all your heart, if you'll pray unto God, if you'll call unto me. I'm so thankful that when I call God, that he doesn't say, hello, this is God. I'm not available right now. Please leave a message at the sound of the beat. And I will call you back at my earliest convenience. I'm glad God doesn't do that. Wow. Wow. 
That would be disappointing, wouldn't it? Like, I called somebody last week, and they never did call me back. I called somebody last month, and they never did call me back. I called them three times, and they never called me back. God? Right? If that's your life experience, then everybody's had that experience. So then you start thinking, well, maybe God doesn't answer. No, God answers. Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things, which you know not. You didn't know. You didn't have it figured out. But he said, I'm going to show it to you. I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans that I have for you. He said, now you can find out what they are if you'll seek me. If you'll search for me with all your heart, if you'll, if you'll seek after the will of God and knowing the will of God, and, and, and then Holy Spirit, when you show up in the presence of God, Holy Spirit starts revealing the will of God for your life. It could be a simple thing. It could be a small thing, but it could be a very large thing. It could be a major key to the rest of your life, or it could be what do you do right now with the situation that you're dealing with? God thinks about the small things. The scripture says he perfects that which concerns you. So the smallest details of your life and the larger uh, picture or the larger plans that he has for your life, it's all important because you're important. I believe God loves you. Does anybody believe God loves you? All right, let's go to the New Testament. And we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, there are a few prayers in the New Testament that are prayed by the Apostle Paul that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so these prayers, I believe, we can learn from by studying them, but we can also learn how to pray them and apply them to our lives. So it's always uh, interesting the things that the Apostle Paul prayed for the church. In this particular case, he prayed for the church at Colossae. So he's praying. And in his prayer, we'll look, beginning with verse 9. You could study the whole context, but for the sake of time, we'll just begin with the prayer itself. Verse 9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. For this cause also, we also, since the day we heard it, heard of your faith, heard of your love, heard of your relationship with God. Since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you. So this prayer is not a prayer of faith that you pray once. This prayer is a prayer that you pray throughout your life. So the, Paul, the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Colossae, in other words, you could pray for yourself. You could also pray for your husband, your wife, your children. You could also pray for a friend. You could also pray even for an enemy. You could also pray for somebody in the church. You could pray for anybody that you believe that has any relationship with God, that the Holy Spirit would do this for them. And what is the prayer? He said, for this cause, this is why I'm praying for you. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire. In other words, this is an intent prayer. This is a prayer that is uh, filled with desire or passion. In other words, apostle, uh, the Apostle Paul is not just breathing words. 
Because has anybody ever prayed and thought, "Mm, I really wasn't even thinking about what I was praying. I really wasn't really uh, strongly desiring. I think anybody would have to admit that's true. Right? Uh, At a time when you were praying, you prayed, but then you look back and thought, man, I wasn't really involved so much in that prayer. All right, so here Paul said, and to desire. So there's a strong desire. Prayer has to be laced with desire. There must be a desire or dream or vision or hope or an expectation. That's why he said, what? Expectation. God wants you to expect something. So here he says, and the desire that you might be what? Filled with the knowledge of his will. That you would be filled with it. Now, God's mindful of us. God's full of thoughts concerning us. God has plans for us. He's thinking about us. He has a strategy. He knows what your future is. He knows what he wants you to do. And he has a good plan. Everybody say it's good. All right, so it's a good plan. And yet, we need to know it. So he says, I'm praying that they would be filled with it. Filled with the knowledge of his will. The knowledge of God's will. What is God's will for me? Now, God's will for me might be different from God's will from you and is. Right? Everybody has God's own divine plan for their life. Every individual. God has a custom fit design and plan for you. If everybody was the same, we'd all be the same. We'd all be doing the same. That is if we were obeying. But that's not God's will. Everybody has their own design from God. God's plan for you. What is his plan? So in order for you to know, if, if we, everybody was saying, we'd just copy each other. But what if somebody messed up? We copy them. That's what people do. They copy other people. They just do what other people do. And they end up following the wrong crowd or following the wrong person. They end up doing the wrong thing. But if you follow the right person, of course, it would influence you to do good. But still, we all, even though you may follow somebody, you may learn from somebody, we all have uh, an individual plan for our lives. And so each of us need to discover that or have a revelation of it. So here, he said, I'm praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will for you. Now, he said, fill with the knowledge of his will in all what? Wisdom and spiritual understanding. Wisdom simply means insight into the way God sees things. Insight into what God sees. Listen, we struggle many times with the will of God for our lives. We've all done that a little bit. Some people a whole lot. But the will of God. What is God's will? What is God's plan? And sometimes we make it. Mm, you know, super mystical. And no, it's not all that mystical. It's a mystery if you don't know it, but it's not mystical in the sense that you can't know it. Are you following me? So he says that we would know, be filled with the knowledge of his will. The knowledge of his will means that you know what the will of God is or the plan of God. Knowledge of his will in all wisdom, insight into the way God sees it and what God sees. Insight. You're able to perceive. You're able to see it. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding, the meaning of that word understanding there, has to do with practical application. Because many times people have some sense or knowledge of God's will for their life. And then they don't know how to apply personally. Because personal application of your revelation brings a demonstration. 
If there is no personal application, in other words, if there's no follow-through or there's no action or there's no doing what you hear Holy Spirit saying or showing you, then there's no result. There's no product. There's no finish. There's nothing that you can show for it. So Holy Spirit not only wants to show you what to do, He wants to give you spiritual understanding or practical application of the revelation that you have. How do I do what I believe Holy Spirit is showing me? I've adopted this phrase for many years. I know what to do. I know when to do. I know how to do. I know with whom to do. Now, I may not, I may not know what to do when I'm saying I know what to do. I may not know when to do what I'm saying. But I say, I know what to do, I know when to do, I know how to do. I may not know how to do what I believe the Holy Spirit maybe is showing me, but I say, I know how to do. In other words, you have what you say. So your words have a direction to your life. If you believe in your words, because your words have power, Jesus said you'll have whatever you say. So if you believe in your words and you say, I know how to do it. I don't know naturally, and you can admit that. That's okay. But I believe Holy Spirit is showing me, so I believe I know how to do what Holy Spirit is showing me to do. So that there is practical application to the thing that you're seeing or you're hearing from Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And remember, application of your revelation of the will of God, application of your revelation brings demonstration. There is an actual demonstration. In other words, back to my illustration earlier, the performer shows up. God is a performer. You're the believer. You believe the promise of God. You believe the word of God. You believe what the Holy Spirit is showing you. You believe it enough to act on it or take a step of faith or follow through. So you believe it enough to do something with what you believe Holy Spirit is showing you. And so when you take that step of faith, God sees that you have expectation. I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. But I said, God sees that you have expectation. He sees that you believe it enough to act like you believe it. And action is a demonstration of your faith that you have in your heart. You act on it. You act like the Bible is true. You act like God said something to you or showed you something. Hallelujah. And when you take that step of faith, that shows your expectation. And God, hallelujah, is now in your expectation. In other words, God has already prepared the way for you. He's already made the plan for you. When God plans things, he's also setting them up. He's setting things up in your future. He's preparing the way. And all you simply need to do is believe it, act on it, and follow with that which the Holy Spirit has spoken. And you just take steps of faith. You may not know everything about it, but you know enough to act on the word. You have enough in your heart, enough conviction that you can dare to step out in faith and trust God to do what he said do. Amen. It may be as simple as speaking to somebody, an encouraging word. It may be as major as you making a major decision in your business or in your, uh, even your career field, whatever. It could be a major decision or it could be a minor de- decision. But every decision in God's eyes is an important one. Why? Because if he wants you to encourage somebody, that person's life may depend on your availability and your willingness to obey. 
And how many lives could be affected if you did obey the plan of God and the purpose of God for your life on the larger scale or on the smaller scale? So he said, I pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Next verse says it this way, verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. The goal of your life as a Christian, I trust, is that you would please God. That you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. If that's always in your mind, that's always in your heart, always your desire, I believe Holy Spirit will enable you. That we may, be, may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. When a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies shall be at peace with him. I mean, even, even your worst enemies will figure out it's not really going to work for me to be against them. Because somehow, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, somehow uh, the cream always rises to the top. Somehow they always come out on top, no matter what I say, no matter what I do. And I'm trying to stop them, but I can't stop them. You just can't curse what God is blessed, friend. I said, you just can't curse what God is blessed. If God is on your side, who can be against you? If God is for you, who's going to win against you? I can tell you in advance, nobody. Hallelujah. God is on your side. Thank you, Jesus. So he said that you would be pleasing to the Lord Then he says, being fruitful in every good work. Think about the reality of that phrase, being fruitful in every good work. Which means that everything you set your hand to prospers. Everything you do works. Now, it didn't mean you don't have challenges. It just means it works. It means you had enough expectation on God. You had enough faith and confidence in God that if you would act on the word and you would press through the tests and the trials, that God would make you fruitful. And I like in every good work, everything you do would succeed, whatever you do. Now, we're getting to the next verses, so you just stay with me. Again, not without challenge, but God is in you. God is for you. God's given you wisdom. He's given you insight. He's given you ideas. He's given you the direction. He, he is giving you his thoughts. He, he received a download from God. And God downloaded into your mind, your spirit, into your heart. He downloaded his wisdom, his insight, his perception, his knowledge, his ways. And now you're able to follow his will. Thank God. And you have spiritual understanding so that you can actually apply what you have in the way of knowledge. Whether seen or heard by the Holy Spirit, you have a way to apply it, do it, carry it out. So he says that you would be fruitful in every good work. Then he says you would increase in the knowledge of God. So he's just... Told you, he's praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Then you're fruitful in every good work. You actually do it. You're fruitful and productive with it. And then he says, again, you would increase in the knowledge of God. In other words, God shares secrets with people who actually do what he said do. I said again, God shares secrets 
wisdom, insight. He shares secrets with people who do what he said for them to do. When you're fruitful in every good work, when you're doing what God said do, and you're bringing fruit and producing fruit, Jesus really, in John 15, it was really about the fruit, right? That you would be fruitful. Abide in me and I in you, and the same will bring forth much fruit. So God's delight and design and desire for you is for you to bear fruit or be productive. All right, so if that's his design, that's his will for my life, and if I'm productive, then he says, now I can share another secret with him. And sometimes people get mad at people that succeed, but the reason they succeed is because they do something with what they know. And then God will give them something else because they were faithful with what they had. If you're faithful over little, God said, I'll make you rule over much. These are principles that God works by. He abides by his own word. He doesn't just say, well, you know, it's not a random deal he's doing here. He does what he said. In other words, whatever he said he will do, that's what he performs. So here God is showing himself faithful to you. You're being faithful to him. And he says, I'm going to show you some other secrets. Reveal some other things to you. So if you're faithful with what he's already given you, God will show you some more. Let's go to the next verse. And be strengthened with all might. So this is his prayer, isn't it? He's still praying. Be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Strengthen with all might. Strengthen with all might according to what? His glorious power. So we're not just talking about self-energized here. We're talking about energized by God himself. That's a big difference. There's a lot of people because God is amazing. He's given man amazing abilities. And man can do a lot of things seemingly on his own, but without the grace of God, you couldn't breathe your next breath of air. But, but God has given people such amazing brains, amazing spirit. I mean, it's God's creation. So people can do a lot without acknowledging the mercies of God or goodness of God in their life, right? But think what you could do if you did acknowledge his grace and his goodness and what he wants from you and what he wants to do in and through your life. He said he would strengthen you with all might. So this is not just your own energy, just giving a little, a little added amperage to it. No, he's given you his power. It's according to his glorious power. It's according to his resurrection power. Same power that raised Christ from the dead. He says, I'll strengthen you with that might and that power. According to Ephesians 3, in your inner man. So you be strengthened in your inner man, strengthened with this power of God. He said, unto all patience. In other words, now, because you're strengthened with this energy and this power, then it gives you patience. And this word patience would be endurance. has to do with steadfastness, the ability to stay with it, the ability to stand in the day of test or pressure or times, uh, uh, points of pressure in your life. <laughs> right in the middle of that, he said, you're patient, you're enduring. Hallelujah. You're able to endure because you're strengthened by God's power and long-suffering. When you're suffering, you know, the, uh, the interpretation of the word long-suffering, uh, I've studied it in the Greek. Uh, not really, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> long-suffering means to suffer long. In other words, 
This has been a while. <laughs> All right, so when you're suffering long, it seems like, man, there's no end to this. Ah, there he is. Because when you endure and you're long-suffering, then it says what? With joyfulness. With joyfulness. So that's one of the keys to shortening the distance between your test and your victory. Amen. Because he said, in James, it says it this way. Count it all joy. Anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? I said, count it all joy when you, what, fall into divers, temptations, tests, and trials. He said, count it all joy. He didn't say it was joy. He said, count it joy. He didn't say just, uh, you know, that's a wonderful thing. No, it's a bad thing. It's an evil thing. It's a test. It's a trial. It's sometimes something is trying to kill you. It's trying to destroy you. But God says you're strengthened with might, and you're strengthened, and you're strong, and you're long-suffering, and you're patient, and you're endure. Why? Because you're joyful in the experience. Praise God. Right in the middle of it, you count it all joy. And when the trial has come and the pressure has come, you're rejoicing in Jesus. You're rejoicing before God because you know the outcome. You see beyond the pressure. You see beyond because you know the plan of God. You've seen the will of God. You know that this is the will of God. I can't, I couldn't stand here in a day and tell you all the pressures that I've had in 36 years of past in this church, but every time you got to stand up and say, God is for me. God is on my side. God is helping me. Holy Spirit is my ever-present help. God will never leave me nor forsake me. And right in the middle of your pressure points, God shows up. The performer shows up on the stage. Hallelujah. The performer shows up at your house. He shows up in your life, shows up in your job, shows up in your business, shows up in your spirit your soul, your body, your home, your family, God shows up. Why? Because your expectation is on Him. You're not looking somewhere else for your answer to come. You're not looking to man to answer your dilemma. You're looking to God, the author and the finisher of your faith. And He that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. If He started it, He'll finish it. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said if he started it, he will also finish it. God is at work in you to will and to do of his own good pleasure. If God started a work in you, if God revealed his plan to you, if you dare to believe and expect God to perform it, you show up and God will always show up. I said God will always show up and he'll finish what he started. And he'll make a finisher out of you. Hallelujah. Because it's his will to do so. And he wants you to succeed in whatever area you have desired to achieve and, and to accomplish the will of God. Why? Because you sought him first. You didn't just go out on your own. You went out with his might, his strength, his ability, his power, his endurance, his strength, his joy, his peace. It's more than just what you can do. It's what God can do in and through you. Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.